How will we know when the future has arrived? Is there a chance the past will come back into fashion? What does it mean to be in the present? There is a tension between all of these temporal constructs, hopefully bound together for a small moment in each and every installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. This is one that goes out with a timestamp of September 14th, 2021, and I go out as Sean Tubbs, your host. On today's show, the Charlottesville City School Board is briefed on details of the school reconfiguration project. The Albemarle Economic Development Authority learns about Seville Biohub, and Crutchfield files plans to expand their warehouse space near the airport. In today's Patreon Field shout-out, fall is just around the corner, but the summer heat is sticking around a bit longer. Your local energy nonprofit, Leap, wants you and yours to keep comfortable all year round. Leap offers free home weatherization to income and age qualifying residents. So if you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. The seven-day average for new COVID cases in Virginia has increased to 3,689 a day, with 3,659 reported this morning by the Virginia Department of Health. The percent positivity has dipped slightly to 10.8%. In the Blue Ridge Health District, there are another 139 cases reported today and one more fatality. The percent positivity in the district is 8.2%. The Crutchfield Corporation has submitted plans with Albemarle County to expand their warehouse space near the Charlottesville-Albemarle Airport. The company filed a site development plan to add nearly 61,000 square feet. The warehouse currently is at 84,872 square feet. Crutchfield was formed in 1974 to sell car stereos and has expanded to all manner of electronic equipment. The company website states that there are now over 600 employees. Crutchfield is listed as Albemarle's sixth largest employer in a profile put together in April by the Virginia Employment Commission. On Wednesday, the Charlottesville School Board and the Charlottesville City Council will meet to discuss the various options that have been put together by VMDO Architects for the reconfiguration of Charlottesville's middle schools. The multi-million dollar project seeks to bring 6th grade to Buford Middle School and convert Walker Upper Elementary into a pre-K facility. This summer, a community design team has been going through the various options. They meet again today at 6 p.m. The school board got an overview of the project at their meeting on September 2nd, including cost estimates. Wick Knox is an architect with VMDO who led the presentation, and he began with a recap. The direction from the working group was to look at schemes that tried to send $60 million all at Buford um, to stay within the 140 to 150 square feet student range. Um, the state average for a new middle school in the Commonwealth of Virginia is 151 square feet. 
Knox said the project is aiming for a construction start at Buford of 2023. Mostly to, to fight inflation and not be giving two, two or three million dollars to inflation. The plan for Walker is to renovate one of the buildings for pre-K with minimal investment in the short term while preparing the overall campus for eventual construction of a new facility for that purpose in the future. Cost estimates for the two detailed schemes are in the mid $20 million range for that future building, and the estimate to move pre-K to Walker in the short term is about $1.35 million. The cost to add furniture to all of the elementary schools to restore fifth grade there is $425,000 in 2026 dollars. There are three options for Buford, and all three are in excess of the $60 million placeholder given to Knox's team. That's a little different from the $50 million placeholder that's currently in the capital improvement budget. There are currently four buildings at Buford. A is the main academic building and includes the cafeteria on the lower level. B is the auditorium and performing arts space. C is the gymnasium. And D is a smaller academic building that would be demolished under all three of the design scenarios. One option with the working title Renovate More, Build Less has a current cost estimate of $65.14 million and would keep A, B, and C. There would be 147 square feet per student. Option two um, gets rid of C um, and builds more new, and we call it the big room because it's an idea of doing a a big court, a basketball court with cross courts that's also part of the school. It would be adjacent to the dining commons and use that as a free function space for big gatherings. Option two has a cost estimate of $66.79 million and would also be at 147 square feet per student. Option three is called Build in the Bowl and would see construction in a green area between Buford and the Smith Aquatic and Fitness Center. Remember that the Boys and Girls Club also operates a facility in the area. We looked at an option of building there, which also helps us give a new architectural presence to the front door of the school. Option three is the most expensive at $68.2 million, but it would raise the square foot per student metric to 151. There are commonalities between the three options. All of them connect all the buildings via indoor space. All of them take the admin suite, move it up to the entry level. Makes sense. All of them expand parking. Um, all of them keep a gym down at the field level. All would move the bus lanes to the rear of the building. The schoolyard garden would also be relocated in all three options. With all of the options, Knox said there could be savings through strategies such as having a power purchasing agreement for solar panels on school roofs. Another would be to delay some of the renovations. We've got a bunch of options that have an ability to get as low as 50 and have and could go up as high as 70 and averaging somewhere around 64 to 64 and a half, 65 million dollars. Another choice will be made on what level of renovation to occur. VMDO is recommending the heavy renovation option to ensure the best thermal comfort, air quality, acoustic quality, electric lighting, and daylighting. City Council and the school board will likely see an updated design that will come out of tonight's community design meeting. The basic recommendations will be to start construction at Buford in 2023 and to move fifth graders to elementary schools by August of 2026. Wednesday's joint meeting between the school board and the council is a work session.
Council will be asked in October to select an option for VMDO to proceed with to further engineering and design. I think this is a pretty easy to say yes to at this point because we'll just continue to study it up until March where we have even more accurate pricing and then we really have to decide are we going to do this project, fund it or are we not. That coincides with the budget development process for fiscal year 2023. Between now and then, there will be two new city councillors. Between now and then, there is also the possibility of legislative action to approve a new source of revenue. The other thing that comes up is this 1% sales tax option. That refers to a provision in state code that allows localities to enact a 1% sales tax for the purpose of constructing or renovating schools. Charlottesville would have to get approval from the General Assembly to be added to the list of localities that can levy this tax. And then in November of 22, if the General Assembly passes the 1%, it would also have to be passed by a local referendum to go into effect. The project also assumes a five-cent increase in the tax rate. One of the people who will likely take a vote on that next spring is Juan Diego Wade, who is currently on the school board. More from this as the City Council and the School Board meet. In today's second subscriber-supported public service announcement, want to get the latest update on Virginia's efforts to expand passenger rail? On Thursday at 1 p.m., you can hear directly from the two officials responsible at a virtual town hall held by Virginians for High Speed Rail. The guests are Jennifer Mitchell, the director of the Virginia Department of Rail and Public Transportation, and DJ Statler, executive director of the Virginia Passenger Rail Authority. The event is free. Register today. Register today. And for more information, visit Virginians for High Speed Rail at bhsr.org. One more segment today. Today, the Charlottesville Economic Development Authority will get an overview of the work undertaken by Seville Biohub. That nonprofit organization serves to strengthen the regional biotechnology industry through engagement, resourcing, and advocacy. The same overview was given to the Albemarle Economic Development Authority's Board of Directors at their meeting in August. Shortly after, Stephanie Ottinger became the new executive director. I have recently assumed the executive director position to focus on the organization and moving it forward in terms of our community building, programming. The founding executive director, Nikki Hastings, has moved to the position of entrepreneur in residence, where she will continue to work to seed new companies. Ottinger said she will build on Hastings' leadership. We have been a recognized leader across the state for our industry cluster development, specifically in biotechnology and life sciences. Um, Through our key programs, um, we were started in 2016 as a mission-driven organization for networking, education, and resourcing. In December 2019, Seville Biohub received a $548,000 grant from an economic development initiative known as Go Virginia to create the Entrepreneurship in Residence program. We currently have three entrepreneurs in residence with Nikki's addition. So we're really humming along in terms of our service to early stage concepts. We regularly uh, host pitch reviews for companies who are 
um, looking to um, hone in their storytelling and their pitch as they look for seed angel and seed funding. A lot of the work is aimed toward increasing career opportunities in the sector. We're now at more than 2,000 jobs so and growing, which I'll highlight in a moment, um, with quite an amplifying effect, 300 million in wages, 1.2 billion in industry output. This year, the Sevo Biohub placed 19 interns across 11 companies. The organization has served 117 businesses to date. We've retained, created, or attracted a total of 15 companies to the area. There have been more than 300, 305 specifically new jobs created in the region since January 20 and 20. Ottinger said one thing the industry needs is additional space for research, and Seville Biohub works with the EDA to help companies find places to grow. For instance, they helped Rivanna Medical purchase a larger space within Albemarle County. They also worked to retain a presence for the company PRA Health Sciences after they were acquired by a larger firm. When companies come to us, we're very aware of kind of movement and we work really hard to make sure to fill that space as companies are moving around. But the bigger picture that we all are talking about is the just need for more wet lab space um, in the region. And so we developed a wet lab incubator model um, that included the Broadway District as the key development site. The Broadway District refers to an area of Albemarle County that is entirely landlocked by the city of Charlottesville at the end of Carlton Avenue. The redeveloped woolen mills is considered an anchor, and the EDA in Albemarle County have made investments into that program. At the end of her presentation, Ottinger made a pitch for $25,000 in additional funding from the EDA to continue their efforts to strengthen the biotech industry. We have a very ambitious goal to double the industry sector by 2030 and are well on our way. And we need um, a collaborative partner um, to house these growing concepts and these growing companies. The EDA approved the request contingent on Seville Biohub receiving a grant from the Virginia Innovative Partnership Authority. A similar request will be made of the Charlottesville Economic Development Authority. And that's all the time for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, another time travel experience through lots of different meetings from the past little while. September 2nd, I think there was an August 23rd in there, maybe. Um, you know, this just because something happened a few weeks ago doesn't mean that you, you didn't know the information before you heard this, or possibly you did. Either way, um, a lot of this is time to try to give you a sense of what's happening, what might have just happened and all of that. Uh, I would like to thank everybody who has subscribed. Uh, I am now cap capable of saying that because uh, I did an audit this weekend and uh, there are nearly 300 people who have contributed to this program out of about uh, roughly the audience is about a thousand people or so. It uh, differs from day to day, newsletter to newsletter. Uh, but I wanted to thank everybody. And of course, there are multiple ways uh, to contribute. And today I'm going to let you out early and not say another thing, except stay safe out there and, uh, you know, uh, continue on as you've been continuing on, but try to do a little bit better each and every day. That's what I try to do here on Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with another installment.